Hello. I hope you can see my smile as you listen to my voice. This is Deborah Smart, your One Smart Lady in Publishing and Production Services. Please subscribe to Smart Talks and follow us on onesmartladyproductions.com backslash resource or forward slash resources. The link is in the description of this podcast. I'm very happy to bring to you an expanded episode with my guest, Valerie Stansel. I will start off this episode talking about Valerie's first book, Breaking the Silence. Valerie worked with other authors to put together this compilation of stories of how each one of them overcame a life of silence and low self-esteem. In the chapter titled Silent No More, Valerie tells how she found her way to a wellness profession and it gave her purpose in her life after the death of her husband, Benny. She learned how to heal herself through Reiki, meditation, and deep breathing. She considered these basic tools as lifesavers. They allowed her to be in control and no one could take them away from her. They allowed her to focus, find clarity, and return to her center. Her center was where she found peace and the ability to practice self-care. Valerie considers self-care a must to heal and keep the emotional triggers and trauma-related behavior from taking us back through past pain and memories. In the second chapter entitled Healing 101, No Shame in My Game, Valerie offers tools to begin a self-care routine. One, make the decision to start. Two, identify the different self-care practices to incorporate into your routine. They do not, it's not one size fits all. So, you know, select the one that works best for you. Level up in your progress each week. Stretch yourself. Look for a little bit more to offer so you don't get bored. Don't overlook the small things that need attention. In the third chapter, Breaking the Silence, Let's Change the Narrative, Valerie offers the suggestion for you to continue the self-care healing process by telling your story. In today's replay of season one, episode 18, Valerie tells her story that in spite of all she learned over the years of self-care and wellness, she was not prepared for the nightmare which came into her life. Her second book released this summer, Night in Rusted Armor, Mistaken Identity, is a riveting story of her unexpected experience of domestic violence while dating. So without any more delay, here is Valerie Stansel with her smart talks with one smart lady. Hi, how are you doing? I am so honored to be here. Thank you, Deborah, for having me. Um, this is such a great app opportunity for me because I love to speak about what I'm getting ready to talk to you about. And when I say love, I hate to even categorize it as love because it's not a subject that people love, but the love for me is the love of winning and the love of um, releasing control. So what I want to talk to you about is um, being a domestic violence victim to survivor to successful woman. So my journey with domestic violence started in 2019. I was widowed for about five years and I decided, you know, let me go out and start dating. But, you know, the dating scene is different now and I'm not a person that goes to bars and goes to clubs. So what do I do? I turn to online dating. I had a lot of friends that did that and some people even got married from online dating. So I said, well, let me try this. So as I perused through the different sites, of course, you know, there are many, many sites 
sites. So I decided to pick this one site and I looked through all the different men and I'm like, oh my God, he's so cute. He's handsome. Oh, he has a good profile. You know, this might work. This might not work. So I finally, you know, narrowed it down and pick this one particular guy. So, you know, at first you communicate via text on the site. And then if you're interested, you know, then you go to talking on the phone. And I don't think that there's any type of, you know, order or or policy in regards to online dating, even though they do give you some um, pointers on the site, you know, don't give money, don't give out your, your phone number, all those things. But I have a a few different phones. So I gave a phone number that um, I didn't care if they called me on that phone. So we talked for about maybe a month and a half, you know, you know, exchanging information. What do you like? What do you want to do? What's deal breakers? What is it that you don't like? You know, all the different things you say, you know, like, what's your favorite color? You know, when's your birthday? You know, all those little things that you say. So um, after this month and a half, we finally decided, you know, it was time to meet face to face. So we met face to face. So when I met him, it seemed like I've known him forever, you know, because he had my information, I had his information. And, you know, it just was like fireworks, you know, like, oh, you know, we're finally meeting. So to fast forward, to put it, I guess, or to make it in terms for you to understand, if anyone's seen that movie, A Fall from Grace by Tyler Perry, that was my story. You know, I was kind of mad that Tyler Perry wrote the story about me and he didn't give me any money. He didn't check with me. He didn't even tell me what's coming on. But anyway, <laughs> that was my story. You know, there were some, a lot of similarities and a few differences. You know, in um, The Fall from Grace, he worked with his mother. This particular person works with a group of people. And um, how he studied her is how he studied me. She was older. He was younger. I'm older. He was younger. Um, I have a business. Um, I wear several hats. I'm, I'm a business owner. I'm a best-selling author. I'm a speaker. Um, many, many things. So, you know, he looked at me as probably, and, and a widow. So he looked at me as like, you know, a, a, you know, a cash cow, I guess you would say. So, you know, we started dating. And the very first weekend he was here, I think in that 60 minutes of our first meeting, he probably gave me 60 red flags. But did I know they were red flags? No, I didn't. And he would always preface it with, you know, back in the day where I used to do this, you know, because now, you know, he's telling you that he's a successful businessman working for a major um, Fortune 500 um, company. We all have things that we are ashamed of that we did, you know, when we were younger. So, you know, I attributed the back in the day and I used to, to exactly that. You know, because now he's successful. You know, he can't do those things now. Little did I know, I think I surmise this to be him trying to see if I looked him up or if I knew anything about him. So I think this was his way of testing me to see if I did know anything about him. And of course I didn't. I didn't know about, you know, researching someone, looking them up. You know, I just took people at face value. You know, like I said, I wasn't a person who dated a lot. Um, I was with my husband when I was 22. And I was with my husband for 34 years until he passed away. And prior to that, I had a boyfriend in high school for 12 years. Um, then I was, I 
saw someone for two years, and then I met my husband. So those three gentlemen that I was involved with were good to me. Why aren't all men like that? How did I not know that he was not who he said he was? You know, because I was just in awe. You know, I was vulnerable. I was lonely. I decided it's time to go, you know, to date. So, you know, I'm thinking he is my knight in shining armor. Um, the first weekend he was here, you know, we went out to dinner, you know, we, we went out shopping. If I looked at something, you know, he would buy it. If I put my hand on something, you want that? I got it. I'm like, wow, you know, he really is my knight in shining armor. So this one particular day, he said, um, I want to go to Jared. So me and my naive self, oh, he must, you know, have bought something at Jared before. He was going to pay on it. He wants to go look at something. So, you know, we went into Jared and they greet you at the door. And she says, hi, how can I help you? What are you looking for today? He says, engagement ring. So I said, hmm, okay. So I'm, I'm going to go along with this. And um, we sit down for hours looking at engagement rings. You know, he gave them like a $10,000 price range for this ring. So they're loving him. Like they even brought in another um, salesperson to work with us. And they were showing me all of these diamonds, all of these settings, putting them in the settings and showing them to me. Do you want to try them on? No, I don't. Because I'm just sitting there like, why am I here? What are we doing? And, um, you know, he's doing all the talking. You know, he tells him he wants this particular ring. Here's my information. You send the information to me. I'm going home and talk to my insurance agent so we can make sure this is insured. You know, yada, yada, yada. I wasn't really impressed. I think I was just bewildered more than anything. So we go outside and he says, I can't believe you didn't say anything. You're still not saying anything. Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, why are we here? What are we doing? I told you I wanted to marry you. Um, we just met, you know, actually met physically. So that was the beginning of a tumultuous journey with this gentleman. And um, that's all I'm going to tell you about that, because I wrote a book and I want you to read the rest of the story. It gets better. It gets much better. But what I want to do is the reason I love what I do, the reason I'm passionate about what I do is because it gives me the opportunity to speak up and speak loud for those other domestic violence victims who won't or who can't speak up and speak loud. I am your voice. I want to do that for you. So I tell my story every chance I get, because that is my way to empower women, to be equipped with the tools that they need to identify these predators and the things that they do. Because a lot of them send their representative when you meet. They send the fictitious person, the person that you want, the person that you told them you want. So they can't keep that facade very long, excuse me, because eventually the real person materializes and they can't keep that suppressed any longer. So what I want to do today is to help you identify by telling you some of the red flags, talk about online dating, and some of the tools um, that you need that are in my book. So what are red flags? Red flags are those things that make you alert, bring you to a halt, and make you look at what's going on. Almost like a red light. You know, you're not going to go through a red light. You're not going to like inch your way through. Let me just try and sneak my way through. You're not going to do that. So with a red flag, you need to do the same thing. It's an alert. 
And, you know, sometimes we are so emotionally needy that we don't see them as red flags. We see them as maybe yellow flags and we proceed with caution, or we just see them as a flag with no emphasis on any type of identifier. So what I want you to understand is the, are the red flags mean become alert, be more cognizant of your surroundings, what's going on, what's being said, what's being done, and take a step back and actually listen to what he's saying. Like one of the things that they do is, I mean, there's several types of red flags, but I want to tell you the ones that women think are cute, but in actuality, beginning of him controlling you. Like the red flags of, you know, well, I don't want you to be around such and such because I don't think that they really like you. And, you know, I, I heard them talking about you. So I think you really need to be away from that person. And then, you know, he adds more and more people on. And I'm saying he, because I'm a woman and my abuser was a man. Domestic violence is no respecter of persons. Domestic violence affects men, women, and children. So I'm saying she, he, because I am a female. So, um, you know, he would say, you know, and this one said that. And, you know, when I was watching this one, so before I knew it, he had me almost wanting to stay away from my family and my friends and just be with him. You know, anytime we go anywhere, I want to make sure I'm with you at all, to all times. So see other women would be like, Oh, you know, he loves me. That's why he's doing this. And he wants to protect me from all of my friends. And um, he just likes being with me. No, he likes controlling you. You know, just call the thing a thing, what it is. Another thing is these love bursts, you know, how he took me to the jewelry store, how, you know, he loved me. Oh, I'm in love with you. I've never felt this way before. Really? That's a love burst, you know, and then they all do things that you didn't ask them to do. And you'll think that that's nice, but you didn't ask him to do that. So why is he doing that? Um... What else do they do? They do so many things. <clears throat> Excuse me. They um, buy you things and do things to make you think that, you know, they really care about you. They do, oh my God, it was so many things. I'm trying to think. I think I've, I've, I've removed them all from my mind as the things that he did. Um. I'll get back to some of the other red flags. I can't think of all of the red flags um, that he did. But some of the other red flags are um, if you don't do what they ask you to do, they will threaten to, um, to hurt themselves. And um, you know that they're not going to hurt themselves. But they will do anything to gain the control of you. So you have to be very, very cognizant of these red flags. Um, and then another thing that I wanted to um, bring you aware of is online dating. You know, and everyone knows that, we, you know, this is 2021. Online dating has been around for a while. And, you know, with COVID and all the different things and restrictions, you can't go out and can't do that, do this. You know, online dating is a great way to meet people. They've even come up with some, you know, ingenious ideas of, you know, how you can date virtually you know you can date you can watch a movie you can have dinner 
I don't know how you can have dinner. I guess you order dinner, he orders dinner, and you eat dinner together. I don't know. And you're talking. So, I mean, it, I guess it is the same. You know, you eat your dinner, he's eating his dinner. You know, and I, I think it's cute, um, the virtual going to a movie when you can watch a movie together. You know, you go to Netflix or, or whatever, you know, service you have and watch a movie and you can watch it together. You can talk about it. So that's fun. But one of the things that we tend to do is we tell them everything. So what are you looking for in a man? Why are you on the site? The same reason you're on the site. I'm looking for dates. I'm looking for my, my husband. I'm, I'm looking for whatever you're looking for. So, um, and then they're like, so, so what do you like in a man? What do you expect a man to, you, you know, your man to do? Um, what's a deal breaker? What's a this? What's a that? So you're just giving them all the information that they need. And I'm sure that they might even be taking notes. I don't know. But he asked a lot of questions and I gave a lot of answers, unfortunately. So he knew everything I liked, everything I didn't like, and probably even more than, than things that I care to talk about. So I just want to warn you, as you go about your online dating, be very, very cautious of what you um, reveal. You shouldn't even use your real phone number. Some women I know don't even use their real name. They might use their middle name or, or use a fictitious name until they decide that this is the person that they want to be with. And then you explain that situation to them. Um, you do not have them come pick you up at your house, you know, because now he knows where you live. You do not go anywhere and not tell someone, you know, a family member, a friend, what he looks like, what vehicle he has, where you're going, um, approximately what time you're going to arrive and what time you're going to leave. And those are some more, that's some more information you'll find in my book. There's actually some worksheets in there for you to, to fill this stuff out so that you become more aware of what's going on. Sometimes, you know, when you write things down, it becomes more real to you and it, it makes you like, you know, let me check that out. Let me look at what I just wrote. Yeah, you know, I, I did that or I shouldn't do that or I shouldn't do this. So I, I feel as though this book is such a great tool to help you understand the mind of an abuser, of someone who wants to control you, someone who is a narcissist. You know, the Layers of domestic violence are many. You know, it's not just physical. You know, before I was involved in um, a domestic violence uh, relationship, I thought it was just physical because I have friends who were involved in those relationships and they were always hurt. You know, my girlfriend was almost killed. The last time he almost killed her. She was in ICU for a very long time. She had no longer has use of her left arm from where he stabbed her repeatedly. Um, so I always thought, you know, you had to have black eyes, broken bones, but no, it is emotional, psychological, um, stalking, um, sex, sex trafficking, sexual abuse, 
um, narcissism, all of those things is domestic violence. There are many, many layers of domestic violence. So the name of the book is Knight in Rusted Armor, Mistaken Identity, because I thought he was my knight in shining armor. And I identified him as that. But after being involved with this particular person, I realized he was not what he said. So he was my knight in rusted armor. And I mistakenly identified him as my knight in shining armor. So what I hope that um, this will do is to give you some inside information, you know, from a victim. I hate to say victim, so I'm going to continue to identify myself as survivor. You know, what goes on in, in the life of a survivor? Um, how did I go from victim to survivor to successful woman? How did I go from victim to survivor to healed woman? And it's a lot of tools in there that I used to help me heal, like meditation. Um, meditation is the thing, it's just mind over matter, you know, allowing you to remove yourself from yourself for a minute, you know, and just, you know, reflect on something good, you know, for, be, be grateful for, you know, what happened on today. You know, I can actually meditate at this point. I've been meditating for almost two years. I can actually see myself on a beach if that's where I want to be with my feet in the sand. I can actually feel the sand. I'm there, you know, in my mind because I'm just so in tune to where I'm going. And there's other tools in there that can help you um, to heal. But one of the best things to do for healing is to, to write. You know, writing is um, a healing tool that you can use Writing helps you to get those things out that are inside. You know, it is very, very beneficial and very, very healing. Um, another thing you can do is to talk about it. Speak up. Don't remain silent. And I know um, if it's new or even if it's not new, you still could be ashamed. You still could be embarrassed. Because I was that, you know, not until I saw the movie Fall from Grace. I think I sat there for maybe 20 minutes and just cried. And, you know, I couldn't believe how similar that movie was with my, with my life. And, you know, of course, I felt like a fool. I felt betrayed. I felt humiliated and I felt my self-esteem was diminished. My self-confidence was diminished because prior to that, I was a very strong woman. I'm a businesswoman. I'm an author. I am a speaker. I'm all of those different things. You know, I have so many more things I could tell you that I am, but you know, that's really irrelevant. But I had to get myself together. I couldn't stay in that state of depression of why me, how come? 
So this is why I write, because it's therapeutic. This is why I speak, because it releases the control of my abuser. It helps me to heal and not suppress all of that anger, all of that trauma, because the more you suppress it, the deeper it goes, the deeper it gets rooted into your spirit. And you don't want that. You want that to come out and come up and come out. You don't want that to stay there. And you don't want to think that, you know, I don't need any help. I can handle this. You cannot. You cannot. So um, I am hoping that you were able to glean something from this. You know, if even if it was one thing, if I've helped one woman on this conversation, on this podcast today, my journey was well worth it because I will always speak up and speak loud. Valerie, you brought up so many memories uh, for me. I was in an abusive marriage for about three years, and I, I'm really um, looking forward to reading the book. I really am very much um, looking forward to helping you spread the word that we need to take care of ourselves and to understand that, as you said, we didn't cause what's happened to us. There was an illness that came with this person, whether it's a female or a male or even a child. Mm -hmm. There was something in their lives that twisted them. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I can't think of it. I, I was just taking notes and yeah, okay. All right. Again, I want to thank Valerie for uh, spending the time with us to go through and be very transparent about her experience with domestic violence. Uh, for the National Domestic Violence uh, Hotline, you can call 800-799-SAFE. That's 800-799 and the numbers 5433, which is SAFE. And also for dating abuse and violence, there's also a text that you can send, text hotline, capital letters, love is, L-O-V-E is, text that to 77054. Now in part two, Valerie will take us through her experience with the judicial system and how domestic violent, violence um, victims are treated. It is appalling. That's all I have to say at this moment. I invite you to go to theonesmartladyproductions.com and the resource page for episode 18, Valerie Mandisa Stansel. She will also tell you and take you through her experience when she realized she really should go through therapy and how even though she resisted it at first, it helped her put her on the road to healing and that is why she is so passionate now and speaks out to anyone who is being abused or hurt please get in touch with Valerie her information will be on the resource page and she will help you find the resources that you need to overcome your experience
If you find value in Smart Talks with One Smart Lady, please go to One Smart Lady Productions and subscribe to the community. For today, this is Deborah Smart, One Smart Lady in Publishing Services saying, be blessed and just right.